Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Happy Monday, my friends. Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce for Business Matters Monday. And I know you all were looking for another silly call from Dave from the governor's office, but I got something more interesting for you today. Ryan Anderson from DOT is with us today, and uh, I really appreciate this. Thanks so much for coming on board, Ryan. Hey, no problem, Michelle. Appreciate it. Yeah, so um, one of the things you you were asking before uh, when you call in, is there anything in particular that folks might want to know about? And the first thing that pops into my mind is always the Alaska Marine Highway and the ferries. And so ironically, uh, DOT sent out last week... um, a letter to community leaders and members of the public who are interested in the Alaska Marine Highway System because y'all are looking for comments from the public on the proposed winter schedule that begins, it's October 1st, right, through April 30th. Uh, can you shed a little light on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad the timing is great um, for this call as well. Yes, that's so what we're doing right now with the Alaska Marine Highway System is we put out a uh, a call kind of for comments on our winter season schedule. So if you go to the Alaska Green Highway uh, System website and you, uh, you you can find the link to take you to where you can enter comments and you can review the schedule uh, that we currently have posted. It's uh, it's definitely been, uh, we've got some challenges out there with the Alaska Green Highway System. We have a lot of good things that are going on, but also, you know, with the current this nationwide maritime crew staffing shortage, you know, we're really doing our best to, to maximize the service to the communities out there. And so if you look at the schedule, it, it has some differences from the past, but we also think we've also done some things that really provide some service in different ways than we have in the past. Okay, so like, for example... Through- I noticed, just sorry to jump in here, uh, at the bottom of this uh, operating plan graph, um, it shows last year's winter schedule had a total number of operating weeks at 115, and this year's has total operating weeks at 134.8. Yeah, that's correct. And now that doesn't mean we don't have gaps in service in places. But what that does mean is we've, we've taken some of the bigger gaps and we've been able to um, make them better service. So one thing you'll see that's a big difference uh, from past schedules over the past three years, we're proposing to bring the Columbia out from the dock and, and put that ship back into service. And, and we're pretty excited about that. And what that allows us to do, it allows the Kennecott and the Matanuska to go in for their scheduled overhauls, which are required by the Coast Guard. But we won't have a gap over December and January. We'll have a ship running um, that main that mainline route from Bellingham all the way up to the North Lynn Canal the whole winter season. Oh, nice, nice. And, you know, I, I, this is silly because probably a lot of people have known about this for years. But one other thing that I, I noticed is that you have a list of community events that are happening uh, during various months. And let me find it in this, like, 20 million page report here. Okay, here we go. Um, Southeast community events, and then it goes month by month, October, November, December. And so, for example, you have the Clark Cochran 
Christmas classic and catch can noted for December. I also noticed, and this is important for folks out there, you should take a look at these Southeast community events. Uh, they were re revised on July 22nd and see if you're having a large event that is missing from this calendar um, because it, it's quite extensive. Uh, but, you know, the, the ferry oftentimes serves as a, a major economic driver in terms of taking people to these various events. And, you know, they, they want to travel via ferry. And so if your event is not on there, uh, you're probably taking a chunk out of people that might be willing to attend your event. Am I correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. And that and that is what this public comment period is for as well. Get those events into our comments because we will take a look at all those as we, you know, work through the scheduling effort to make sure we have a good solid winter season schedule. Right, right. And I also noticed, uh, and I, I just, I've got two guests in the studio, just so you know that they're here. I hand, I handed the, uh, the schedule off uh, to one of our guests, and I noticed that one of the lines, one of the ships has a, a bar in the January time frame, and it says pending crew availability. And probably you, you like the rest of the world, are probably struggling with staffing issues, am I correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And that, and that right now is referring to the Taslina, which currently is tied up. Um, but, but our plan this winter, you know, whenever we these ships go into layup, we really try to make the most of our crews wherever they're at and, and sort through that so that we can run as many ships as we can. So with the Taslina, our hope is that we'll have their crewed up, you know, by mid-December. And then that will fill a gap when the Lacanti has to go in for overhaul. So that's our plan. Now, if for some reason we're not able to do that, we have some other tools we've been developing, um, you know, in conjunction with the unions, and, and that's these supplemental agreement contracts where we may contract out with um, private companies that have catamarans or land craft to make sure we get that basic level of service to the communities as well. Oh, that's really interesting. That's not the first time that you all have done that, is it? No, we started doing that last winter, yeah. Yeah, and I, th I think that that's vital probably uh, to some of the smaller communities who really rely on um, the service to bring in, you know, goods for their stores and groceries and, and stuff like that, uh, along with some medical travel, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've definitely found that it, there, there has to be a basic level of service. And, and so when we get stuck with these cruise shortages or, or a ship goes down because of mechanical issue, um, having these agreements that we can have a way to respond to that to continue service to these communities is, is, been, is, is a good thing for us. So that leads me to my next question. What is the average age of a ship in the fleet? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I wouldn't have the exact average for you, but... A lot of these, you know, right with the, uh, well, of course, the retired, the Malaspina recently, that was a ship that, that was built, I believe, in 62. Um, the Matanuska is a 60s uh, era ship. Uh, you know, we, these are old ships. And this is one thing that's really, you know, becoming apparent with us as we move forward is we have to start modernizing. Uh, it, it, it starts affecting, you know, the ships break down, you start having less reliability, and, and we really want to focus on reliability. And so on, on, from the capital program front and then the investment and in infrastructure, you know, investing in ships is at the top of our radar right now, for so, sure. So I asked Dave uh, this many weeks ago um, when the Marine Highway came up. 
so I thought I heard you guys have some new ship builds in the pipeline. And so my question was, is there a caveat in those state contracts that um, the preference uh, in the bidders go to to people like Vigor Shipyard here in Ketchikan? For our big ships, like right now we're looking at um, building a new ship, the Tuscamina replacement vessel. Uh, that'll be a federally funded project, and so we're, we're, we're you know, we, we live by the federal rules for that. That's how that has to work. So there's a lot of Buy America in that, but there wouldn't be a local preference to a, a local Alaskan shipyard um, in, in that scenario. So for the big ships, when we're talking about building brand new ships, uh, no, it, it would be a nationally competitive uh, work that we would have to do there. So on the repair side, when you have to when you have to take a ship into dry dock or or you have to you know say something comes up and a repair needs to be made, it does that have local preference? Yeah, there are some Alaska preferences um, for Alaskan shipyards. Yes, when we're doing that that overhaul work, that's correct. Oh, good, good. All right, so folks, you need to. And you know what I did? Rather than go straight to your website, folks, I just Googled it. Um, you know, Alaska Marine Highway proposed schedule 2022-2023, and bam, it just popped right up there at the top of the search engine. You can click on it and then make your comments, folks. Those comments need to be in no later than Friday and. And that's the 26th. And I don't know, I can't keep my days straight, but I believe that's Friday. And you need to get those in. And um, are you going to have a, a public comment uh, call? I know in years past you've had a, a chance where people can call in. Yeah, I think we're looking at that. I think we want to see what the comments come, you know, and, and then we'll, we'll work through that. So we haven't committed to that yet, but that's definitely something we're, we're thinking about. Um, but really, yeah, the 26th is a really important date. If it's by Friday, folks, get your comments in so we can we, we look at those and, and we'll really do our best to accommodate what we can here. Yeah, like, oh, come on, people. These are important comments. Unlike the thousands of comments that you all make on a daily basis on Facebook and Twitter and everything, this is a more important comment. A more constructive comment. So take your comments over to the Alaska Marine Highway, and they'll be more productive because people will actually be reading them, and you'll have a chance to actually make something happen because Lord knows everyone else is ignoring you on social media. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so anyway. With that being said, uh, any anything else in in like of you know you're always getting the pothole comments from people in Ketchikan, but anything else on the DOT side because you know there has been that huge. Flex of federal funding. Yeah, well, we're really we're really working hard to make the most of the federal funds across the board. I mean, there's so many needs across the state. I know I'm well aware Ketchikan has a lot of needs uh, in that area as well. Uh, you know, for example, this, there's a lot of uh, competitive funding out there, discretionary grants. We're going after that. I think we put in over $500 million worth of applications to to try to secure some of those funds in addition to all these other infrastructure funds that are coming straight to the to the um, Alaska. So really, yeah, if, if you have things, you know, if you have needs, it's good to, you know, we have planning groups. We're going to have a lot of opportunities coming up where we're going to be out there asking folks, hey, what do you think? Where, where are the needs at? And, and engage, I, I would say. You know, a lot of times uh, we see that people get really interested when the, when the bulldozers show up. 
But really the time to get interested and engaged is when the planning is going on. So I would just encourage people, if you have that opportunity, take it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for local businesses, uh, and you can catch the replay uh, at catchcanchamber.com. But don't forget, several weeks ago, we had the folks um, from PTAC on the show. And they were talking about uh, the procurement um, technical assistance. They can help you because, you know, you may think when the bulldozers show up, you know, the, those big construction projects only go to the people who have the bulldozers, but that is not the case. And so if you are interested in seeing if your business can be, you know, part a part or a subcontractor or something on these bids, you need to reach out to the folks at PTAC, P-T-A-C, and they can give you free assistance on how to get in the uh, bidding ball game, if you will. Um, that is a tool for your toolbox, listeners, and uh, that's what one of the many things your chamber is here to help you out with. So, hey, th- Ryan, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to join us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, and yeah, thank you, Michelle. All righty. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. All right, there you have it. Uh, Dave steering from the governor's office, sending his stand-in. Uh, in the meantime, Romanda and Rajesh from the Ketchikan Wellness Coalition in the house. And this is the first time for Rajesh being in the house. Romanda's yes. a, kind of a regular on the radio, but uh, why don't you, why don't you, let's talk about what Rajesh is doing over at the Wellness Coalition. Yeah, well, we're really excited to have him with us for the four months. He arrived, goodness, I was a just at the Blueberry Festival, so was that two weeks ago now already? Right. Oh Time my flies goodness. when you're having it's, fun. It's already flying. Um, and we're so excited that Rajesh has been here for the two weeks, and it's going to stay here till the end of November. And he is working on various health and nutrition-focused, and education as well, um, projects with our community partners. Um, and I, we've been working with the Boys and Girls Club and the school district, and he's going to get to actually go immerse himself. Um, public health has been amazing. They've um, welcomed him. We got to do a tour. I found that fascinating to learn I more. I did too, actually. Did you do a tour? <laughs> no, I've been following his adventures oh. on Facebook. All right, so let's give the backstory. So uh, via Rotary, um, I found out about this program via IREX and the United States State Department. And so what they do is they offer fellow, professional fellowships to young professionals um and they come to certain areas. There's an interview process. So, Ramanda, you and I hopped on a Zoom call with Rajesh, and we talked about, you know, Ketchkan and what he, what he was looking to achieve. And the idea is that they are sent here uh, and into 80 to 100 other communities around the United States, and they do a practicum. And they, they have a project, which we'll talk about in a second. And then they can take that home, in Rajesh's case, to Pakistan and hopefully implement some of the things that he's learned and done here in Ketchikan and um then he that'll make a difference in their country and he's making a difference in our community because he's planning what for september he is planning a health fair for child children and teens so this is a great opportunity for the whole community to come out if you've got children or teens in your life um and rajesh is really going to help us coordinate that and make it happen um we're going to have a resource fair we're having help me out here rajesh i'm I'm like, yeah, because it's tired. your project. It's like your project. He's, he's sitting he's over sitting there with a like big grin on his face with his <laughs> headphones on. And actually, we could take our headphones off now. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he's sitting over there with a big grin on his face. And um, so. What, what's happening at the health yeah, fair? Tell us what's happening at the health fair. Uh, actually, uh, in health fair, uh, we have so many programs. Like, uh, we are having uh, education seminars on different health topics on the wellness of Ketchikan people from uh, mental health to physical health 
and we do have clinics for immunization and for different purposes and apart from this uh, uh, we also have uh, sports or fun activities for children mm -hmm. so the idea behind uh, this uh, child and teen health fair is to promote uh, health among the teens and children overall well-being their mental psychological emotional and physical health and for me it will it will be definitely a very great opportunity because uh, this is the way to mingle with the kachikan people to know about them how they address the issues their problems and uh, i'm really very thankful to amanda for giving me an opportunity and it will help me uh, in addressing the issues back in my country as well it's a great exposure and i'll be doing such activities in my country because we do have so many challenges in health and education as well so i was going to ask have you ever done a health fair at home uh in my country yeah we we do have so many health fairs uh and uh, 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 uh especially the health fair that we are having is focused on teens and children right right so uh this is a very exciting experience for me because uh, uh we have very less uh exposure for the children in our communities so uh the takeaway for me is i'll be emulating this model in my community for the proper upbringing of children and teens because that's a big worry for you right you you were when we've been talking you have been uh, telling me you know some of the worries uh back at home for you include um the way children are educated um malnourishment uh as well as other sort of like family planning um issues and some other things very very specific to where you live yeah yeah there are uh, many issues uh, i will talk on education and health and education the major problem that we face is out of school children there are many schools and there are many children in pakistan who are out of schools though they are of a school age but they are not into their schools due to some reasons and government is trying very hard to put those schools into their uh, those children into their uh, schools and in health we have multiple problems we have the issue of maternal health care and uh, uh, we have early marriages in rural areas of sindh the province in pakistan because of early marriages the health of a uh, lady is always at risk and uh, due to lack of family planning due to multiple pregnancies they bear many children without having gaps in them in the result the health of a child and mother is compromised so most of the children they suffer from malnutrition like stunting and wasting and government uh, government of sindh has launched uh, various programs as well to address this issue but uh, i feel uh, we still have to uh, uh, improve those programs so that we can eliminate the malnutrition among children and apart from uh, this uh, we have some uh, cultural and social barriers mm -hmm. because of some cultural issues social and religious uh, religious issues custom and practices uh, uh, the girls are married at very early age and we are 
uh, also we we have programs for of awareness for the community is spreading awareness among them so i've got a question yeah. um one of the things that you mentioned that you were so impressed with ketchikan is the fact that there are so many various nonprofits who address multiple issues i mean i feel like that we have such great coverage, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, from our nonprofits. You know, there's someone dealing with hunger. There's someone dealing with homelessness. Two of those, and people with mental health. And and gosh, the Wellness Coalition. You guys have a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. But Rajesh, when you talk about home, you talk about the government doing this, 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 and this. Are there nonprofits in Pakistan? Yeah, yes, there are nonprofit organizations as well, which uh, work with the consultation of government. Yes, there are many organizations. Like we have an organization's uh, People's Primary Health Care Initiative. That is actually funded by government of Sindh, and that works wonderfully well, especially in health sector. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And Rotary is in Pakistan. I know that for a fact. Um, are they? Yeah, they are. I didn't yeah, know I've that. got several friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. District yeah. governor classmates uh, okay. from Pakistan. And anyway, I was telling Rajesh that uh, many of the things like maternal health, uh, literacy, those are in the areas of focus for Rotary. Right. And so uh, I'm going to work with you before you leave to make the proper connections. Right. Because that, that's exactly what Rotary is looking to do. Right. right. These kind of projects. And one of the, so literacy, interestingly, I was sharing with him about the Imagination Library. Oh, yeah. Um, and how, so it's Dolly Parton's mm-hmm. Imagination Library. She's got it across the nation, but it's such a great, and there's Raven's Reads as well here in Alaska. Um, and it's a way to get books into children's hands. And then we were at Public Health, and remember a lot of the materials that we took from yeah. there yeah. were actually, like, and there was books everywhere for the kids to play with while the parents were there doing, you know, medical nice. check-ins and stuff. So there's lots of opportunities for him to see different types of literacy programs that that have taking place here in, in Ketchikan. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to veer off here a little bit. Um, but a big shout out to some of our our local chamber members and and companies around Ketchikan, specifically Alan Marine. And this is just I hope I hope you're coming to know this since you've been here. This is just what Ketchikan does. Um, and I'm pretty sure that this is why I got that email about this program is cuz we're known for rolling out the red carpet <laughs> in terms of being so welcoming. And so, for example, this uh, Thursday afternoon, you get to take the Misty Fjords cruise with oh, Alan beautiful. Marine, oh. yeah. and you have a ticket waiting for you over at the Lumberjack Show. Oh, that's you so like. much fun. I know, right? You'll love Did it. Did you see me log rolling? Actually, yes. I, I already had. Uh, the, you went to the Lumberjack, yeah, the Lumberjack Show? Show. Oh, okay. And it was wonderful. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good. the performance of the guys over there. Oh, cutting different logs and yeah. climbing over the Did logs. Did you take any so, videos of them like throwing yeah, taxes yeah. and stuff? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have taken videos. What do you, what do you think your friends in the, Pakistan are going to yeah, say about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are they going to be like, Whatever Whoa. I am doing here, uh, I'll just uh, put it on the Facebook so that my community know what's happening here. And there are so many good things, so many good things about the people, about the culture here that will help me in addressing the issues that we are facing over there. Yes, yeah. and I'm going to put this out there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, cooking lessons. Yes. He needs cooking <laughs> lessons. Specifically, if you're really great at cooking Indian food, he's missing that because that, you know, that's in Pakistan you eat, it's like an Indian uh, style uh, food. Yeah, Pakistani food. I'm missing Pakistani food. It's close to Indian food yeah. as well. 
uh, because the eating out here is very expensive right. and uh, I don't know how to cook <laughs> I have been always dependent we were on, talking uh, about gender yeah, roles yes we have very specified gender roles especially in rural area, areas of yes. Sindh and overall Pakistan uh, women has to do uh, something cooking and household chores and men has the to laundry, go and uh, cleaning, yeah, yeah, cooking, yeah. Right. but though now things are changing in urban areas and uh, we are trying to come out of these specific gender roles because cooking is a skill that right, so that listen. should be mastered irrespective of any <laughs> when you go gender home, roles when yeah. you go home you're going to be like the master of all wisdom um, <laughs> yeah. because all of so. your buddies yeah, back yeah. at home your male buddies will be whoa how did you where'd you learn that but interestingly when i asked that one of the things he brought up is that you know if he had tried to learn when he was at home it actually looks bad on his wife because then they're saying well is your wife not cooking good enough for you right. and you think back to you know the 50s when this sort of which was happening here yeah. and like how that that those were the comments like what your wife can't take care of you you know and and here we are now where you know we've got most there's many families where the men the man is the is the cook and it doesn't it doesn't matter about the gender or role or people do it together or they do it together or, or the, and they have the children participate mm-hmm. and that's such a great avenue to go in and interestingly actually the boys and girls club program that he's going to work with Linda at yeah. um actually is about cooking together as a family and how That's do you great. bring in the nutrition yeah. and the knowledge as a family about how to take care of each other That's so it's going to be awesome well so you, you, you'll get educated so one of the first things that we talked about um, here when Rajesh first arrived and I don't think he, he got it yet I think he's getting it now I, I said this is a place with a lot of really strong people and women are incredibly independent and strong here <laughs> yeah. so don't be shy and I still remember one yeah. of the first things that we did was we took him for brunch at the New York Cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I specifically chose that place because of the menu being somewhat similar to what he might find at home. Mm-hmm. But anyway, guess who shows up? A whole table full of women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because that's actually one of the things I tell my friends and family at home. I said, this town, the women are superpowers. Like, we, we run this town. Like, I mean, there are men out there, but the women here are incredible and yeah, um, very, very active and very energetic. Yes. Yeah. And you, one of the comments you made, you met Diane Gubatayo, who is an amazing person in our community who does a lot for the community. And he met her and he, you know, first coming out of your mouth, oh my goodness, she's so energetic at, at her age. You know, she's been she's been here for a long time yeah. um, and she's still dedicated. And he says he doesn't see that in Pakistan, you know. And also we were talking about the how old People yeah, are life expectancy. Life expectancy Unfortunately, we have less life expectancy as compared to the U.S. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. substantially. When that, to me, I find that fascinating because if you look at the diets, right? Uh, you know, and I, I would think that dietary changes are taking place um, in the United States more so. But if you were to look at the prevalence of prepackaged foods or very processed foods here compared to what I would imagine in Pakistan, you at home probably eat very, very healthy compared to many people here. And so I would think that people would live longer. Right. No, it's not the case. There are multiple factors and uh, diet is one of the major factor. Interesting. Actually, uh, uh, we have very low literacy rate. The literacy rate of Pakistan is uh, 58%. Oh, wow. So almost half of the population doesn't know 
how to read and write because of illiteracy people don't uh, have the concept of a balanced diet okay oh wow okay uh, that's and interesting and they don't indulge in physical exercise or uh, they don't eat healthy and uh, they are struggling with so many issues like poverty unemployment economic issues so they have some psychological problems as well so all these factors actually contribute impact your overall well-being overall wellness and the result people die at a very younger age the average about 50 to 60 who yeah right wait a yeah. second i mean yeah. i'm in that age group <laughs> hey um i was going to ask you know so we're planning the health fair at september 17th right yes, september up 17th. at k high mm-hmm. which is awesome free and open to everyone now the other really cool thing is you so you're having there's going to be physical stuff there there's going to be all sorts of educational materials but there's also a focus on mental health Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that is something I think has really come to the forefront in terms of awareness, mm-hmm. right? Um especially with COVID mm-hmm. uh here in the United States, but would you do anything is there any mental health awareness in Pakistan? Yeah, there are there is a mental health awareness, but we want to enhance it. Okay. Yes, to every part of our country, especially in rural areas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you why don't you tell us about your job um back at home? Tell tell folks what you do at home. Yeah, actually I am a civil servant and uh, I work for the government of Sindh, one of the provinces of Pakistan. I work as an assistant commissioner. Actually assistant commissioner administers, monitors and supervises the talka. Talka is a subunit you can say city. Mm-hmm. He has to look after the land related issues of people and uh, health issues, education issues, elections, elections, municipal services. So he has to do multiple task while coordinating with different departments different stakeholders hey you know what it sounds to me like you're a city manager back at home uh, yeah yeah it's like some somehow it's similar to that we look for municipal services election duties education issues health issues issues related to uh land land uh, issues of the people and uh, so many we have so many uh, tasks to do so the great news is mm-hmm. uh we'll have to put this on your to-do list uh is that Ruben Duran and Sinagubatayo the borough manager and the assistant borough manager are both in our rotary club so we yeah, need to we send go. you to go visit them yeah, in their office yeah, and yeah. see how your duties oh, yeah, translate yeah. that would be wonderful yeah that's actually a great request out there so if you are engaged in education or health in any way we are looking for opportunities for Rajesh to go in and actually just observe and see or even have the opportunity to speak to you talk to you a little bit about what your programs are um how you engage with the community um and hear a little bit about about you know what's the differences but and if you've got ideas on how solutions for him that he could bring back to his community he's very open to, to listening to that so if you, be careful what you ask for Rishi. if you, you would like to yeah if you'd like to host him he would he would love to come out and and see what you're all doing out there absolutely and also if you run a a tour or have an, a local attraction of some sort yes. um if you you know have like i don't know like let's say you uh, have a float plane company and you have a spare seat yes. on some flight let us know you can always reach out to me i'm the i'm considered the community liaison for rajesh mm-hmm. uh through rotary and romanda is his community you're actually his boss <laughs> 
Professional. I'd say professional <laughs> host. <Yeah. laughs> professional My host, host collaborator, you can say yeah, boss. Host yeah. collaborator. Right? <laughs> and, like you know, that. it's very interesting to me. I want folks to learn a little bit more about this program. So the Wellness Coalition doesn't have to pay anything. They, they're actually paying with their time, if right. you will, um, in hosting Rajesh. And they get a small, uh, not the Wellness Coalition, but Rajesh gets a, a small stipend from the State Department to, for all of his living expenses and, and his time over at the Wellness Coalition. But in doing that, he has to have a work plan that Romanda has worked with him on. Correct. Yes. And then you all don't you also have to do a big write-up? And then there's a ton of extra coursework. They described it when, when I was going through the orientation. Yeah. Like, yeah. essentially, you're getting a, a, a ma- another master's. Like, you already have four. But anyway, you'll get your fifth through this program. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful program. Apart from attachment with the host organization, we have online sessions of leadership. Mm-hmm. from uh, our very inspiring leadership co- coach that is Dr. Deidre Holmes. She's a very inspiring lady. Uh, we have online sessions of leadership and uh, we have a CLI online pr- uh, platform where uh, we, uh, there are different modules and we go through tho- uh, those modules and uh, there are different sort of assignments that we have to submit. So it's all about uh, the leadership journey that we have uh, embarked on and hopefully the skills, overall exposure, the experience, my U.S. experience will definitely enhance my skills and capacity so that I can address the issues back in my home community. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so I have um, a recommendation and uh, a question. Okay. Okay, so the one thing I noticed um, that you have not done yet but it's coming as we roll towards the the fall and the colder, wetter seasons. <laughs> yeah. um, start reaching out, and you know, Ketchikan is an amazingly vibrant arts community, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of talks and lectures and you know shows, shows, and music, galleries, poetry. Make, make sure that you don't miss out on that. Yeah. And then here's my last question. Uh, my last question is, uh, what was one of the most uh, surprising things? And you you kind of told me in Rotary the other day, and I loved how you told the story. <laughs> what was the most surprising thing about Ketchikan? About Ketchikan? Yeah, uh, what, so far, what has been the most like, wow, I didn't expect that? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, when I was given the option of choosing host organization, initially I was giving uh, option in Portland. But that organization actually refused, declined uh, just two days before the scheduled appointment. And then the option came for Wellness Coalition. And I was uh, already far behind than other fellows. So I had to jump at the offer. I didn't Google anything about Alaska, anything <laughs> about uh, Ketchikan. So in haste, I just uh, accepted by using my sixth sense. And I took that decision from the heart, not from the mind. And when I landed in Ketchikan, it was very surprising because at that day, it was very cold. <laughs> And uh, the first day, you know, first experience. I, that's why I brought you a yeah. raincoat at the airport. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the first night uh, having dogs at your home, <laughs> it was very surprising Rajesh for me. Rajesh does not like dogs. No. Nope. Actually, we don't have uh, practice right. of keeping dogs as pets in Pakistan. Yeah. So dogs are wild there. So <laughs> a little more scary. It was very yeah. Surprising. <laughs> and another thing is, uh, I searched everywhere. I could not find the restaurant that 
uh, entertain me with uh, Pakistani food or something related to Pakistani so food. So you knew it was going to get and, big yeah, adventure. Yeah, I, I don't know how to cook because as I already mentioned, I never learned cooking because I have always been dependent right, on right. someone else. So I had to struggle with the starvation for some days. Starvation? <laughs> yeah. Michelle. <laughs> That's almost not fair because I went to the store and bought like $200 worth of stuff. I you know. know, I live by myself, right? Yeah. So here he comes into my house with these wild dogs, overly friendly dogs, and my fridge is stuffed with like mangoes and all. <laughs> I sent him with like a bag all over town. Yes. And then and then another chamber member, Nicole, over at Wolf Point Produce heard about you coming and she put together a big yeah, special yeah, box yeah. So full of all I had to live on... Uh, uh, like fruit? fruit and dry fruits. <laughs> and <nuts. laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to get did, you a cooking lesson. I did yeah. order, because I didn't know where to find it here, but I did order specific flour to make chapati, because yeah, that's the chapati, thing he's been yes. talking about all the time. And I'm like, okay, come over to my house. We'll make it. I, w- I went and looked how to do it. I thought, oh, it's just flour, because he keeps saying flour. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got flour. That's fine. And then I look, you actually have to have a special flour for this. It's like a mixture of seven different grains. and oh my So God. I ordered no, that flour we can make it. we have is actually uh, of wheat. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It, it is, uh, well, the wheat grains are grinded. And then, you know what, I'm remiss, two other people that stepped up, Deborah Hayden made yes. some Thai green cu- curry, and um, and then also Jacob over at the Salmon Market, another chamber member, oh. he took you around, and you were so surprised to uh, learn that there were a lot of Sin people here. Yeah, um, yeah. And... In, in our town and he took you around and then he made a special I guess dish for you um, at, from the salmon market and so that was really that was nice. yeah yeah no people are very lovely Kajikan people are very lovely very hospitable uh, they have always uh, treated me with uh, kindness and compassion I'm grateful to them in so many ways they are trying their best to keep me entertained here <laughs> but the fact is uh, I'm not used to uh, a person gets time to acclimatize or adjust himself to new surroundings. So slowly, slowly and gradually, I'm learning how to cook, and things are uh, getting better. You're homeless, so, uh, Jillian. Is yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. I won't go home skinny <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, yeah. and the big yeah. thing for me is the rain and I, I keep letting them we know you have to get them extra tough so and I just told him I said you know but the rain can be beautiful and it's about building that appreciation so when you go outside you walk in the rain and it's like magical and now he has two rain jackets oh there you because go because he forgot one at the blueberry festival oh no and that's when it started you know raining just rain. enough to be annoying so Jacob ran around the corner to Tonga's trading and, and Got he just said I'll be right back this will take two seconds and <laughs> yeah. he comes yeah. running back with his royal blue jacket it puts yeah, it on. That's not <laughs> so now you've got two. Yeah. Right now we'll have to start getting you into some uh, more sweaters and fleece and stuff like that. Alrighty, guys. Rob Holston just walked in. We're going to be talking about the Frank Sinatra tribute. You guys come back, will you? Yeah, yeah we sure. too. Especially closer to the health to. fair. Yeah, we'll come back for sure. Thank okay. you so awesome. much for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Hey, folks. Uh, while we get Rob hooked up on the mic here, I want to tell you a little story. Uh, I went to the office this morning and pulled open the Catch Can Daily News, and um, 
And uh, anyway, so I read the article, uh, the editorial from the weekend paper, and it talked about the job center, the job center being vacant. Well, here's my little Chamber of Commerce story for you. Indeed, they were vacant. And so what, uh, you know, why people retired, people quit, they went to other jobs. So the job center was indeed uh well, not open for business, really, in the physical sense for many, many months. And so the regional manager re reached out to me. They are chamber members. And he said, hey, can we have a meeting? And so we were talking, and I went to the job center. Long story short, I was able to marry him up, had him on this show. They got eight applicants for the job center manager, and the most they've ever had, all new people. And we personally recommended someone to him. And turns out they did hire the chamber-recommended person. I, I'm sure she just did a great job in the interview. You can't just, you know, base a hire on a single recommendation. But anyway, that's one of our specialties, folks. If you have a need and we usually can find the resource to help you out, and I kid you not, it, the requests are everything under the sun. Everything under the sun. Hey, Rob. Frank yes. Sinatra tribute. This is going to be amazing. Saturday, August 27th, and I love Frank Sinatra. What gave you the idea for this? Well, it's a genre that uh, really is quite attractive to uh, several generations. Mm -hmm, I people agree. my age, even people your age, even people half your age. True. Uh, we did a Frank Sinatra tribute uh, one year before COVID down at the Creek Street Cabaret, and half the people there were under 30. That's cool. And there was a line waiting out the door. So this is a Frank Sinatra Las Vegas theme. Ooh. Part. And, uh, you know, we've got some people uh, coming who are really, uh, well, one lady uh, who's in, uh, going to be in both bands performing on electric violin. I asked her what she was going to be wearing. She says, well, I could wear one of my old dance outfits. I said, dance outfit? She says, yes, I was a professional dancer in Las Vegas for several years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And now she's in our band. That's so cool. Right. And the, okay, so let's, let's, let's lay out the evening for folks. Um, First off, the doors open at? 6.45. 6.45. Now, what's important about that? Uh, we've had half the tables already sold. Ooh, yay. Yeah, and we've got a, a lot of the se uh, theater seats already sold. That's individual seats for people who don't have friends. And those are, tw what? <laughs> Maybe I just want to go by myself anyway. 25 bucks for the theater seats plus processing. You can get a four-seat table for 120 bucks or an eight-seat table for 240 bucks. Yeah, so we're suggesting to uh, business owners, if you've ever planned a staff party, you oh, know, yeah. you have to rent a place. You have to get entertainment or live music. Right. You have to arrange for a bar to be there. They have to have enough warning to get all the uh, licenses in place so, and wait, the permits. check. There's going to be a bar there. Check. There's going to be a dance floor there, right? Check, yes. Check. There's going to be live music. Two bands. Check. There's going to be snacks. Yes. Complimentary snacks and a bottle of water. Nice. And so, yeah, easy peasy. If you're looking for a staff appreciation, hey, maybe it's that you're, you, the, the, here's another idea. Maybe you can say, thank you for not leaving your job with me. Yes. Get, make it a longevity party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why you can have a party, but we have done the groundwork for you. All right. you have to do is jump on our QR code or the URL, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to Guard. The posters are literally everywhere, guys. Guard Island Heritage Incorporated is the 501c3 nonprofit that is sponsoring this event as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And so, chamber member, too. Yeah, so you can go to their uh, Facebook uh, site. And Guard Island Heritage Incorporated, and there's a URL there that you can just copy and paste, or there's a QR code that you can hold your smartphone up to and, and go directly to reservations. Here's another thing that you can do. Later this afternoon, you'll see the Chamber newsletter pop up, and you can get that at the Chamber's Facebook page as well. Just click on the newsletter, and we've been embedding your posters in our Chamber newsletter every Monday since you sent it to me. Oh, Great. And you need to know, uh, we need to make a, a public announcement that minors must be accompanied by an adult. Yes, they do. Because there will be uh, liquor available there. Creek Street Cabaret will be running the bar. Way cool. And so the special guest is local Stephanie Patton. And she'll kick it off at 645 uh, when the doors open. And then the show starts at 8. Uh, now, you kind of describe this as, even though you might have a table or you might have a theater seat or a, a four-person, eight-person table, whatever, you, you're, people are kind of encouraged to get up and dance, right? Oh, yeah. We've got a nice big dance floor. For those of you who were at the Motown concert, basically the setup is the same. We have added additional seating, however. We have opened up the stage. So it would sort of be like balcony seating up there. We've oh. got both four-person and eight-person tables on the stage that be able to look and watch. <laughs> nice. Great for people watching that's very cool and so you've got you do have seats left right yes okay well i wouldn't even worry about it it's such a cool event alaskans are serial procrastinators anyway so and and but you can get i wouldn't recommend doing this but if there are still tickets uh you can buy them at the door right yes and now this is important uh for unsold seats there will be available at the door at six forty-five. Now, for unoccupied seats, that's a seat that somebody paid for, but they haven't shown up. By 7.45, we're going to sell those seats if we have people waiting at the door. What if someone's just running late and they bought a ticket? I'm sorry. Uh, they will not run late Promptness. because there's another reason why they should show up at 6.45. You know what that is? No. Okay. They can reserve a table for four or eight, but... Their choice of location is first come, first serve. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah. They will be handed a little placard that, with their name on it, and they can walk in, and the first, if they have a table for four, they can say, oh, we want to sit there. Well, you've got to be the first one to that table. Then it's yours. Oh, so I like it. So that's an incentive to be there at 6.30, oh, 6.45. Why would you not want to be there at 6.45 anyway? Here, here's an idea for you folks. Um, step across Cape Fox Lodge, have a nice meal, Um and then you're right across the across the way there from the Ted Ferry, and you can saunter on over. Yes, and Cape Fox Lodge has been very good. They've posted our posters for us there, and they're encouraging people. Of course, just what you said, Michelle. Great idea. Dinner, come on over. Yep. Grab your bottle of water, a light snack. If you haven't uh, completely filled yourself with the Cape Fox, which would be hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, no. And then you know you, and then you're right there. That would be really cool. I, you know, big shout out to the Cape Fox. Uh, they, their whole family of companies just huge, huge uh, chamber supporters and community supporters, by the way. You mentioned uh, Stephanie Patton. Let me tell you, for people who don't know, she's got three CDs out there. She's a local gal, uh, but she sings like Aretha Franklin uh, or any other great jazz singer because she was brought up in a household uh, 
since she was a toddler, she was exposed to that sort of music. So it's second nature to her. I also want to mention that we have uh, Mike and uh, Eco Sullivan coming down from Sitka. Oh, cool. And Peter Apathy also from Sitka. And uh, Mike, uh, the lead tenor saxophone from Sitka. We also have a man who is actually from Metlakala, but he's a professional trumpet player now from Seattle, Dennis Haldane. He will be here. Oh my gosh, it's an all-star deal here. Oh yeah, and let me just read off uh, some of the names who will be involved. Uh, Carl Ritchie, Shelley Epler, uh, Wayne Houtcooper, Mike Solomon, Don Struthers, Josh Ryan, uh, Annie Paxson, and she'll be doing some vocals. John Hancock, Paula DeAngelis, our uh, lady from uh, Las Vegas, uh, Victor Vossler, Julie Powers, Mike Jones, Mario Sumner, Ella Stockhausen. Uh, you know, these are some of the people who are involved. So uh, a great uh, mixture of locals and out-of-towners. All righty. Need to get your tickets, folks. Uh, easiest way to do it is head on over to Catch Ken Chamber, uh, the, our Facebook page, and look for the newsletter. It could be this week's or last week's, whatever, but just click on the newsletter and you will see it right there. Great, great event by new chamber member, and this is going to be fantastic. Hey, folks, speaking of events, I've got one coming in out of left field for you. Uh, EEOC, you might be like, what is the heck is that and what are they doing in town? The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, those folks from San Francisco will be in town. Uh, oh, you're looking out the window. Um, August 30th, and they are going to be doing a presentation, uh, Rotary 2000 and the Chamber Working Together meeting Tuesday, August 30th at 12 p.m. at Jeremiah's. And you're just going to uh, order off the menu if you desire to eat. Otherwise, it is free to attend. You might be an employee looking to learn more. You might be an employer looking to learn more. Uh, but nevertheless, should be a good time. And don't forget to get your tickets. You can get them at catchcanchamber.com for the seasonal soiree out at Salmon Falls that is happening September 12th. Why would you say we are having a party on a Monday? Well, we're having a party on a Monday because there are many, many people that will be arriving a day early to attend Southeast Conference. And so we were already planning on doing something this fall out at Salmon Falls. They're another chamber sponsor. And, um, so we said, you know what, let's just put it on the on the front end of Southeast Conference. They do an amazing job, heavy appetizers and uh, no host bar and 20 bucks uh, plus processing. You can get those tickets at catchcanchamber.com. We are getting ready, Rob, we're getting ready to go into the Chamber's silly season. That's what I'm calling it, the silly season, because there is literally something happening every single week. Every single wow. week. Uh, candidate forums, Southeast Conference, Alaska State Chamber. That's not in Ketchikan. Uh, and then we jump right into the gala, community awards, and and Merry Merchants and Munch. Hey, let me mention just a couple more things. Sure. A uh, few more of the people you will recognize. Matt Armstrong, uh, Sam Quinn, and Dale Curtis are in the music groups. And we are looking for a couple of volunteers who would like free admission. Who would help us uh, handing out snacks and handing out water and perhaps escorting people to their reserved tables? If you want to volunteer, please just give me a text at 907-617-2262. Very cool. All righty, folks, that'll do it for Business Matters Monday. Don't forget you can catch all the replays at CatchCanChamber.com or at CatchCanRadioCenter.com. Have a great rest of your week.